0: Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on December 10th, 2023. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you'd like to contribute financially to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find more information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Mark Gravrock with the Gospel reading. The Gospel reading for this second Sunday of Advent is from Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make God's paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Gather us in, O child of our hope, gather us in, home from the brink of the chasm of fear, home from the edge where we stumble and grope, gather us in. Gather us, child among the beasts, dancer of promise, of laughter and cheer, gather us in. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Creator and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The beginning of the good news. That's how our friend Mark begins his book about Jesus. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Messiah, Son of God. Now, of course, that would be way off in the future from the time all of this stuff happened. Forty years in the future, half a lifetime. By that time, we, Jesus' first followers, we are old men and women by then. Some of us, in fact, are dead and gone by then. My brother Peter, for example, already martyred in Rome for his faith in Jesus. But back when all this started, Mark wasn't among us yet. He was just a boy living with his mom in Jerusalem. Mark's only experience of the story began with the the last week of Jesus' life. But later on, Mark would travel with Peter on his mission journeys. And when Peter died, everybody prevailed on Mark to get this stuff written down before all of the eyewitnesses to the story were gone. And so Mark starts his book, The Beginning of the Good News of Jesus Messiah, Son of God. The beginning of the good news, what is that exactly? As I read Mark's book, I wonder, what does he mean by starting out that way? What is the beginning of the gospel, the beginning of the good news? Is Mark just saying, okay, folks, here's the beginning of my gospel book? I don't think so. Nobody had ever written a gospel book before. Mark was the first one to do that. Nobody had ever heard of a gospel as a book. So, probably better just to read that as the beginning of the good news. So, what is the beginning? Mark starts his story with John the Baptizer, that weird charismatic future out there in the desert who galvanized all Judea, who caught the people's imagination and hope, who scared the authorities out of their skin. It was a wild time. So many centuries of oppression and now Rome, hopes and dreams of a deliverer, of a Messiah filling the air, Out there in the Judean desert, there's this monastic community of Qumran that had formed, people separating themselves both from Rome's oppression and from the corruption of the Judean authorities, searching the scriptures for clues, longing for the final battle between good and evil, and baptizing, washing themselves every day in hope and anticipation, waiting and washing and watching, waiting and washing, And watching and then John shows up right nearby right by the Jordan River and oh did John attract the crowds folks from Jerusalem and from all over Judea even folks like me from up in Galilee streaming out to the Jordan to listen to this fiery preacher to take in the spectacle and enjoy the show but more than that to come with our brokenness and our longings to come confessing and seeking washing hoping beyond hope to be part of this new deliverance that it seemed God was about to bring. Our religious leaders, they came out too, to check out this madman and see how big of a threat he would pose. John the Baptizer, is he the beginning of the good news? That's where Mark starts. But Mark adds something even before that. Mark sees the beginning as coming long before John, The beginning for Mark begins in prophecy, in those seers, the promises of the seers from centuries before. From the prophet Malachi, look, I'm sending a messenger before I come. The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Another one from Malachi, look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Elijah, that prophet from even longer ago in the story, whom God caught up to heaven in a chariot of fire, Malachi says Elijah will come again before the great day comes. And then there's the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Let her know that her warfare is over. A voice cries out, prepare in the wilderness a highway for our God. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see it together. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. The beginning of the good news doesn't start with John. The beginning begins long ago in those prophetic words of promise. And then there's more. If the beginning of the good news is already there in the mouths of the prophets centuries ago, in the cries, then, then the beginning of the good news was already there before that, in the heart of our God. In the, promise, in the cries of God's people, in God's listening heart, in the commitment of God to this broken world from the very beginning of everything. What is the beginning of the good news? There was no beginning. Good news, gospel, has been the theme of God's song from forever. We just couldn't see it yet. You know, it's hard to see when you are being crushed. We had no clue of this. We had no clue of all of what our friend Mark was going to write down for us. What we did know was oppression, occupation, power after power ruling over us and squeezing the life out of us. First Assyria, then Babylon, then Persia. I guess the Persians weren't all that bad, but still. Then the Ptolemies from Egypt, then the Seleucids from Syria, and now Rome. Oof, Rome. And what we did know is this strange figure of John out in the Judean desert. John preaching, confronting, challenging, promising, lifting up our hopes and dreams, calling, and baptizing. And we came flocking to hear him, to confess and to be baptized, to sign on to God's new thing, whatever it was going to turn out to be. Oh, did I tell you how John dressed himself? He wore a camel hair tunic with a leather belt around his waist. Now, that might not be terribly meaningful for you, but for us who were steeped in the scriptures, we caught the image we would hear that, that passage from the in the synagogue over and over. We understood what John was saying. John was wearing an Elijah costume. John dressed himself in the same way that the old prophet Elijah did. So for John to dress him like that is to say, dress himself like that is to say, remember the promise. Look, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. We caught that much. We understood that much. It was time, time for God's great day. It was electrifying. I was there. I'm sorry, I think I probably forgot to introduce myself. I'm Andrew, brother of that much better known disciple, Peter. I was there. The longing and the hope and the electricity in the air, it all drew me down down from Galilee, down south to the Jordan. I came to hear, to confess, to be baptized. I stayed on as one of John's students, at least until John pointed us to that greater one that was coming. John kept talking about this greater someone. He said, there's someone coming who is much stronger than I. I'm here to prepare the way for him. I'm not even worthy to kneel down and untie his shoes. He's that great. I've been baptizing you with water, the greater one, He's going to baptize you with God's Holy Spirit. What would that mean to be baptized with God's Spirit? We didn't know exactly, but we did know the Scripture, the old promises of the day that would come when God's life-giving Spirit would be poured out like fresh living water on all of broken humanity. So there it is, the beginning of the good news. There we were by the Jordan River, captivated by John's words. There we were when Jesus himself showed up for baptism. Soon as he was baptized, the spirit drove him out into the desert to be tested and honed where he was alone there with the wild beasts. We weren't there for that part. He was alone after all, but he told us about it later. We were there when Jesus first began to proclaim his message to Galilee. The time you have been waiting for has finally come. Turn around and trust this good news. And we were there when Jesus enlisted us in his work of gathering, gathering, gathering the broken people of God. Well, That all comes later, and you're going to hear about it all in January. I checked ahead with the texts to see what's coming. But I do need to say this part now. When this greater one actually began his work, he didn't do the kind of things we were expecting. He didn't raise an army. He didn't drive out the Romans. Instead, he gathered people. He embraced people. He healed people. He restored people to God's family. We were there later on when the powers found Jesus so troublesome that they did away with him. We were there at the cross Well, some of our women were there at the cross. We men were hiding. We were there at the cross when all our hopes came crashing down. And we were there when we found the tomb empty. And we were there when Jesus met us again, alive, in Galilee. You know, as I think about it, now, 40 years later, as I read our friend Mark's book, it's dawning on me, finally, that the beginning of the good news is not just the prophets and John the Baptist not just the electrified crowds gathering at the Jordan. The beginning of the news is Mark's whole book. The beginning of the, news, of the good news for this broken, war-torn world is the entire story of Jesus, a story that doesn't end with an empty tomb. In fact, that empty tomb is just the beginning. So what's the point of all of this? You might be wondering. Like, who cares when the good news begins? How does that matter? Here's the point. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, Son of God, you are that beginning. Jesus, who himself is the beginning of the good news, Jesus, who shepherds this grieving world from a cross, Jesus, whose advent you are celebrating again now 2,000 years later, Jesus who pours out God's holy spirit on you to enliven you and equip you to draw you into God's heart and to send you in his name. This Jesus is be, is beginning his good news in you and through you. Today, here and now, right smack in the middle of all the war and bloodshed and grief, right smack in the middle of all of our hurts and pains and losses, right smack in the middle of a lost world's longings and dreams, you are the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, Son of God. So, people of God, get you up to a high mountain, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, say to the cities of Israel and Gaza, say to the cities of Ukraine and Russia, Say to the cities of Red America and Blue America, tell them, here is your God. See, God comes with might, with a powerful arm. God will feed this flock like a shepherd, will gather the lambs in his arms. She will carry them in her bosom and gently lead us into healing. And you, you who hear God's voice, you are the beginning of the good news. Amen. You've been listening to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. Thanks for joining us.